Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appeared inside my heart. Does this strange romance and the ghost of a chance? Welcome to From the Bleachers on the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, and finally, it feels like it's been a while since I've come on here after a win, and now Eagles are tied up at 4-4, four and four, going back home against the Chicago Bears. I really haven't been this excited about the team in a while. Uh, going after those two, two huge, colossal disappointments of a loss in Minnesota and, and then in Dallas, and those are the two teams that over the course of the season, probably mean the most to me in terms of teams I want to beat, teams I want the Eagles to smash and destroy and embarrass their fans about. So that one was tough. Those are both tough. I obviously have all those 38 to 7 jokes. That's my whole brand on Twitter. I just relive the night of the January 21st, 2018, the night of the NFC Championship game over and over in my head every day, always thinking about Patrick Robinson, Nick Foles, Alshon Jeffrey, the Flea Flicker, everything. And then Dallas, obviously, if you're an Eagles fan, you hate the Cowboys just as much as I do. Maybe not as insanely or aggressively or as angrily as I do, but you do hate the Cowboys. So that was rough. That was, and it was over in the first quarter. It was over in the, within the first five minutes of the game. It was terrible. Had people over for the game. Everyone was hype, bought a bunch of food, had pizza, beer, everything. And then just within five minutes, I was like, why did I even, why did I even try to throw a party? Why did I try to even do something nice and fun and go with my friends when the Philadelphia Eagles were just going to ruin it? But not this week. Not this week. Eagles pulled it out. Dog sitting for my parents right now. So I watched the game, my childhood home, where I've seen many, many numerous Eagle seasons die and gigantic disappointments throughout my life as a Philadelphia Eagles fan. But watching the game here with my dog, Bruce, season was saved. Fantastic performance from the rushing game. Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is a beast. I'm so happy that he's playing this well and he's coming off that gigantic performance now he didn't get 100 rushing yards and it's been some streak of what the eagles haven't had a 100 yard rusher in 36 games i think that's what it was something in the 30 40 50 something insane but he had 96 rushing yards so he was basically there miles had sanders had what 74 yards on you know maybe three or four attempts one of them's going to get there this year but i hope it's jordan howard this upcoming week because they're playing the chicago bears the bears as we know got rid of jordan howard in the offseason. I remember I remember it vividly when it happened because the Eagles traded for Jordan Howard the day of Bryce Harper's Phillies debut. It was a you know a weekday afternoon game. I went to the game with my buddy Joe Anzer, got so hyped that Bryce was in Philly and Phil's won. Mikel Frango had a grand slam. Then I crossed over Patterson Ave, went to the Sixers game at night. The Sixers play the Nets and got the win. It was a classic South Philly double header. And I'm sitting there, I get a push notification from Adam Schefter. Now, that guy, their coach was Matt Nagy. He was, did, did he win coach of the year last year? I think he won coach of the year. It always goes to coach of the year. You know, Bill Belichick's won it like once. So obviously, it's, it's a meaningless award. Doug Peterson's never won it. So that tells you everything you need to know. But coach of the year usually goes to a first year head coach where his team overachieves relative to where they were expected to, where they finished the previous year. That fit Matt Nagy's bill last year. Obviously, he lost to Doug Peterson in the playoffs. As we all know, on the double joint. But they said, hey, Jordan Howard, you're not good enough for this team. You don't fit into our scheme. And maybe Jordan Howard wasn't as good last year. He looked like he's been on the downturn ever since his rookie years. Efficiency had been going down. But they said, you know what, dude? You don't fit our offense. Scram. Doug Peterson, who comes from the same exact coaching tree 
as Nagy, as a former offensive coordinator under Reed in Kansas City, said, I'll take you, Jordan Howard. And he's riding him, riding him to a half game, half game back in the NFC East. He's going to ride him to an NF- NFC East divisional title. I'm excited for Sunday. It's been a while since we had a home game. If you're a listener, if you want to come out and tailgate, just hit me up on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. You can shoot me an email, Seamus, S-H-A-M-U-S, the initial J, Clancy, C-L-A-N-C-Y, at gmail.com. I've had, you know, about a handful or half a dozen, 10 people come to tailgates over the, you know, how many home games have they had so far? Three or four. I've had some people come through. Always a good time. Nothing too crazy, but everyone drinks some beers, has some food commiserates about the team's doing poorly, gets hyped if the team's doing well. Everyone always predicts a win right before they go in. Fun time. But I'll be down there this week. It's been a while. I kind of hate that they played three straight road games in October. October is by far the best month for football, the perfect football weather. The you know the ideal situation to tailgate is you go down there and you're wearing a hoodie and shorts. That's just the classic you know, middle-aged South Philly man, that's what he likes to drink in with a big can of Miller, like that's ice cold. Shorts that are way too baggy for him and then some, you know, bar dart league hoodie and then a Kelly Green Eagles hat. That's what I want to look like. That's what I want to look like when I'm 55 years old. I think they're going to win on Sunday. Going to that bye week five and four. The, the Bears just don't scare me at all. They do not scare me. And we saw this in the playoffs last year. The Eagles didn't even really play well in that road game. They, you know, gutted it by by the skin of their teeth. Foles, Nick Foles didn't really play well. He had obviously was clutch as anything at the end of the game. Let him on the drive. And Golden Tate, obviously, the greatest trade deadline acquisition of all time, uh, did score that go-ahead touchdown where he claimed, I don't even know why he would say this. It just makes him look terrible. He goes, I didn't even know what the play was. I just ran a route. Okay, thanks, dude. You didn't know what the play was. You could have lost the season for everyone. I'm still mad about the Golden Tate trade. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, the trade deadline is probably over. I'm not going to get into the trades in case, you know, the Eagles do trade for someone, don't trade for someone by the time you listen to it. So don't worry about that. Eyes on the Bears. Mitch Trubisky does not scare me in the slightest. Uh, I think, obviously, the Bears defense was unbelievable last year. They've been great this year, not necessarily at the same level as last year. De- defense is one of those things where it has the highest variance between year and year. You saw that two years ago, the Jags defense was as great as the Bears was last year, and the Jags kind of have a dip last year. And because their quarterback play and their offensive play overall wasn't as strong as it was the previous year, things go downward fast. Things that are most consistent in the NFL, quarterback play, offense, defense, a little bit more variance there, where you see where, again, two years ago, the Eagles defense was fantastic. Last year, it's a little up and down. And again, this year, up and down. So Trubisky doesn't scare me. Matt Nagy. False prophet, not the next great head coach, just someone who doesn't seem to be utilizing his personnel that well. He has David Montgomery, three Cohen, two guys who I think are pretty good, maybe running some 21 personnel out there. But when it comes down to it, and your Mitch Trubisky is running your offense, it doesn't really matter who your coach is. It doesn't matter what kind of personnel you're drawing up, what misdirection, motion, formations, personnel you're using. Because it comes down to it, Mitch Trubisky just isn't that guy. He's just not. And he seems like an okay guy. I don't I don't know him, obviously. I didn't go to North Carolina. But he's he's whatever. He's just bland. He's just run of the mill. He's average. When you know in baseball when they have war, wins above replacement, and it just has this 
theoretical replacement player that they're discussing in terms of value. I think that's Mitch Trubisky as a quarterback. He's not bad, but just if you imagine the most averaged, normalized quarterback play ever with very, very low ceiling and then maybe some miscues and key turnovers. We saw that on Sunday kind of collapse at the end of the game in the fourth quarter. They were driving. The Bears were up six. He Misses an easy as anything touchdown pass on a, I don't know what receiver it was, but had all of the green in front of him. Easy touch pass at touchdown. He overthrows him by an absurd amount. Immediate next play, gets sacked, fumbles, Chargers flip the game. Bears never recover. It comes down to a kick. And as we know, the Bears will never kick a game-winning field goal for the rest of time because of Trayvon Hester's magic. Put a little hex on them. So Bears, I'm, I'm not scared of the Bears. I'm not scared of them at all. Defense is good, but Eagles offense came alive a little bit last last week. And last week, I mean Sunday. Carson Wentz's stats don't tell everything. You have to realize he played efficiently. He played efficiently. He was 17 for 24, I believe, with 172 yards, touchdown interceptions, and I believe a 104.9 QB rating. It's solid, but then you take into account that they were playing in some insane weather where the conditions were absurd. There was wind everywhere. There's a little bit of rain. Wentz is wearing two gloves at the same time, which he's never done. Uh, during practice during the week, he was wearing one glove, and I think might have seen Elliot Shore Parks or some other beat writer had drawing attention to the fact that he was wearing one glove. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh, one glove quarterback of the Eagles. I think of Nick Foles. And then joking like, oh, you know, all those players that Orlando Skandrick says still want Nick Foles out there. Uh, you know, Wentz must be appealing to them with the one glove look. Obviously joking. But probably in retrospect, I, you know, I wasn't going to the game in Buffalo and or anything like that. So I wasn't looking at the weather there. And the condition probably called for a severe rain and severe wind at that time. So good preparation on Wentz's part to kind of get the feeling of you know, snapping the ball with the glove on, throwing the ball with gloves on. Good quarterback. That's what a franchise quarterback does. Does all the little things. And on Sunday, did all the little things you need to do to win. Again, it does not really show up in the stats. It doesn't show up in the box score the way you'd want it to. It's not some Patrick Mahomes, 330 passing yards, four touchdown game. But the Eagles won. And if Carson Wentz wasn't the quarterback, they won. One. Look in the fourth quarter, he has two key, key conversions on third down there's i believe it's a third and five runs for it picks up a first down it was great scrambling and then there's the probably the more famous of the two it's third and ten the eagles snap it Wentz looks right for this little bubble screen to the receiver doesn't like what he sees just takes down and rushes forward gets about 13 yards i think easily picks up the first down and kenny albert i think kenny albert was the one announcing the game said oh it looks like it was a design qb draw later on uh, in the post-game press conference, Doug Peterson saying and said, hey, that wasn't a QB draw. That's Carson being Carson. Carson saw that look, didn't like it, being the high IQ player that he is, being the winning player that he is, knew he had to tuck that thing down, use his athleticism, and get there. And if that situation had popped up last year, Carson Wentz would have not done that. Carson Wentz would have not tucked that ball and ran and dove forward because he was not where he was at. Carson Wentz was not where he is now athletically. He just wasn't. And maybe he was similar, similarly there, but he didn't trust himself athletically as he does now. And the way he's playing just, not I want to say recklessly, but adventurously where he's trying to do his hero ball stuff, running around the pocket, ducking defenders, ducking pass rushers, stepping away from pressure, maneuvering around, using his athleticism and God-given gifts and mobility to extend plays and do what he does best, which is creating something out of nothing 
and throwing the ball on the run. He wasn't doing that before. He really hasn't done that since his infamous injury against the Rams in 2017. He just hasn't been the same guy in terms of his agility, his pocket mobility. He's been good as a passer. He was good last year. His stats are pretty good last year, even though that people will say, oh, you know, they were X and X when he was the quarterback and then Nick Foles came in. I don't care about that. What I care about is Carson Wentz looks as healthy as he has been since that injury. He hasn't had any crazy bang-ups. hasn't been anything wrong with him over the course of this season. If you knew nothing about his past, you would have no inclination to think that guy is injured. He's a franchise quarterback. I don't know what more you want to say. He's going to have a good test this week. The next three games are going to be huge for him. Huge. They're all at home. Bears, good test. I think they should win that game. Should be able to, you know, dominate them defensively. And by defensively, I mean the Eagles defense should be have, you know, a field day with Mitch Trubisky. Uh, you know, the Eagles haven't been great on the turnover game this year uh, where they have they had a forced fumble. Brandon Graham forced a fumble uh, against the Bills. There's a big momentum swing in play. The Eagles scored a touchdown after that. They really haven't any key interceptions or anything like that this year that immediately popped in my head. He had the the aforementioned Orlando Skandrick had that nice strip sack and fumble and you know embarrassment of Luke Falk against the Jets. And we'll get to Orlando Skandrick later. We're going to get to Orlando Skandrick. But they really haven't had those big plays that go, wow, game changer right here, pick six, oh, a huge return. They're going to need something like that on Sunday. They just need something to swing the game their way. And I'm pretty confident. Look like... Darby and Mills play pretty well. Again, they're playing against Josh Allen, and I've used this comp before. Josh Allen's someone who's a lot better in Madden or in fantasy football than the NFL. And the game, as I said before, when talking about Wentz's statistics, the weather wasn't great. The conditions were pretty terrible. So obviously Josh Allen, who wasn't that good to begin with, certainly doesn't look great in that weather, and that certainly helped the defensive backs and the young cornerbacks a bit. But I saw Ruben Frank tweet that out this today. Uh, when both Darby and Jalen Mills are starting... Uh, the Eagles are 14 and five in those games, including a Super Bowl win. Now, there's obviously a lot of variance and you know noise that goes into those numbers, but you know those guys are decent, and we've had terrible quarterback play this entire season. When you have when you're going from someone like Sidney Jones on the outside and Roswell Douglas, who I like, who's been but he's been up and down this year. Uh, those guys aren't spectacular in the slightest. They anger the fans easily. Uh, it's easy to get mad at them. It's easy to see Jalen Mills get burned all the time. But I think. You know, he's physical enough that he can play on the outside. It's just an upgrade when you have, you know, taking Sidney Jones and you're putting him in the slot. And then hopefully you have Craven LeBlanc coming back soon. You have Avante Maddox coming back soon. And so you could take Sidney Jones out of there finally, kick him to the curb and, you know, kind of have the rotation that is your ideal situation where you have Darby Mills on the outside and then either Craven, Avante Maddox in the slot. Maybe have Avante play some third safety. I think he's better suited at the third safety role, to be honest. I'd cuts in day hope before you have to worry about the whole comp pick, comp pick situation in week 10. But it's going to be a good test for once. It's going to be a good test for him. It looks like Deshaun might play this week. I just, I'm, I'm sick of the injury stuff. Guys are day-to-day. Uh, Deshaun could have gotten this surgery back between week two and week three, and it would have taken him, what, like six weeks for him to heal. Now it's been six weeks, and it's still not healed because he didn't get the surgery. And even if he plays this year, to be playing through pain, just another situation where the Eagles medical staff is driving me insane. I'm just pushing my hands up against my forehead and throwing my fingers through my hair. I'm definitely going to go bald from doing this. This is what the Eagles do to me. I'm just getting all worked about injuries, even if they had this dominating season, season-saving season win. I think they went on Sunday. I think they went on Sunday. I'm excited. I don't want to get too far ahead. Because the Bears aren't a bad team. Sometimes they're playing the Jets. We could kind of say guaranteed win. Let's look on in the future. There's a bye week coming up. But I think that bye week is going to be huge with all these injuries. Deshaun, Nigel Bradham, 
Tim Jernigan. Hopefully they can get some of these guys back in the equation before you hit those two huge games, New England and Seattle. Again, I don't want to get too much in New England and Seattle. Those are their own can of worms. I'll have a lot to say about New England, certainly. I have a lot of smack to talk, and then we could talk about Seattle in the future after that where I'm scared to death of Russell Wilson. That's the only player in the world that really intimidates me. Uh, the only player that, as an Eagles fan, makes me lose my bravado, my hyperbolic confidence for this team. And, you know, every game I think the Eagles... Do I think the Eagles are going to go undefeated every year? Absolutely not. But do I think they're going to win each individual game? Yes. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't. But I don't, I don't care. But Russell Wilson still scares me. So, yeah. Eagles getting that win on Sunday. Doug Peterson is going to outcoach his fellow Andy Reid protege. Matt Nagy, Jordan Howard's going to tear them up, tear their defense up, and make them look like fools for trading him away. Hopefully, he, get, he finally gets that 100-yard performance. I'm calling it. I'm going on record. Jordan Howard, 24 touches, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Birds win. Birds win. Everyone goes nuts. Five and four, going in the bye, game back at the division lead, bringing it all back home, two more home games in a row against two great teams to showcase this Eagles team is for real. I'm excited. Get excited. Five and four. One game away from five and four. Think where we were after that Dallas game. How down in the jumps we were after that shellacking in Minnesota and Dallas and the way everyone wrote us off. Wrote this team off. And yeah, maybe they're not Super Bowl contenders. Maybe they're not the Eagles we thought they were. But this team can make the playoffs. When you reach the playoffs and you have Doug Peterson, you have Carson Wentz, magic can happen. Take those guys every day against anyone they could face. You have a shot if you're in the playoffs and you have those two guys leading your team. Get excited. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now, I mentioned him a little bit. But I do want to talk about Orlando Skandrick. And now I'm sure all the Eagles are saying, we're not worried about that anymore. We're putting that behind them. And that win kind of really solidified in that mind. They don't need to be talking to the press. They don't mean to dealing with all the nonsense that comes with cutting a guy like Orlando. I gave him this nickname where I would say my friend Swaggy Mitch gave him this nickname. I don't want to take all the credit. Whenever he thinks, says Orlando, he says Lando. So I'm thinking Lando Skandrick. Thinking of Lando Calrissian from Empire Strikes Back fame. New Star Wars maybe coming out soon. So they cut Lando, deservingly so. Terrible, terrible, embarrassing performance in Dallas, just like the rest of the team. That whole game was embarrassing, but definitely embarrassing for Lando. And then he hops on Fox Sports 1 with noted Cowboys lover, not an objective journalist like myself, someone who prides himself on integrity, objectivity, no favoritism, 
Skip Bayless, huge Cowboys fan, huge loser. He goes on there. He runs his mouth. Oh, well, the, the culture there sucks. They're still worried about the Super Bowl. No, who says they're still worrying about the Super Bowl? A player in the locker room said this, and it's so true. No, who got, no who's complaining about the Eagles still worrying about the Super Bowl or still hanging on the hats, hanging their hats on the fact that they won a Super Bowl? Some guy who's never won a Super Bowl. Orlando Skandrick, never won a Super Bowl, never will. Probably will never play it down in the NFL again. He's washed. He was washed before he came here. Just the defensive back debt was so poor. They needed to sign anyone. And they brought in a sleeper cell from the Dallas Cowboys who poisoned this team on the field and in the locker room. But when they cut him, they got him out of this city. Things turn around. Things turn around. Uh, It's like Michael Scott says in the office. Sometimes the thing that brings all the kids together is hating the lunch lady. Orlando Skandrick, you are the lunch lady of the 2019 Philadelphia Eagles. Congratulations. Everyone hates you. Be gone, vile man. Be gone, as Dennis Reynolds would say. Yeah, it just rubs me the wrong way, especially comes from Dallas. And obviously, I've said this a million times today. I said it on previous pods. I hate the Cowboys. I hate everything that has to do with the Cowboys. It feels weird when a Cowboys player, not even just a guy who played, might have played for the Cowboys for a year or two. Guys who are entire career are so associated with Dallas that you can only think of them as Cowboys in your head. Guys like Miles Austin, DeMarco Murray, Orlando Skandrick, why didn't they work here? Because they're Cowboys and it just doesn't mix. It just does not mix. You can't bring those guys here. It does not work. Howie Roseman brought in a double agent. Remember that? Did you see that play against Tavon Austin? Tavon Austin, who stinks? They run gadget plays for him for the last six or seven years every time and he can't do anything. Dallas runs a gadget play for him. It works because Orlando Skandrick does the worst arm tackle I've ever seen since I played fifth grade CYO ball for St. Monica's practicing at 24th and Jackson. He stinks. What a loser. Enjoy your crappy media job with Fox Sports 1, where you're hosting some dumb midday show talking about fantasy sports and gambling, when your host is some dork nitwit who graduated from Syracuse with a broadcast degree. Congrats, that's your life. Nobody likes you. I'm not here for Lando Skandrick. You're gone. Eagles have moved on. You will be a footnote in this team. And if they win the Super Bowl, everyone will remember you. As the loser the team needed to get rid of for them to reach the promised land. Thank you, Orlando Skandrick, for getting this team the nice kick in the butt they needed to get things together, to come together, to put aside their differences in the locker room and say, guys, I I might not be getting along with you right now. You might not be getting along with me, but we can both admit that this guy sucks. Let's do it in spite of him. Let's win some football games. Let's get back to where we were two years ago. That's it from me. I'm Seamus Clancy. Follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. You can check out my newsletter from Broad Street with love. Talking Sixers and Eagles every weekday morning. Subscribe at patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Just $2 a month. You get 20 newsletters per month. Every Monday through Friday, you'll wake up with a newsletter from me. Talking the birds, talking the Sixers, a little bit of pop culture stuff. Five and four, baby. Let's do it. G-N.